everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. In this week's episode, Randy and Richard discuss the all-too-familiar topic of falling in seniors with Emily Neighbors, an expert on this topic. Before we join them, I wanted to share a conversation about the language of aging I had with a friend recently. It's a topic near and dear to many of us. What term should we use to describe our age? Sure, we could use the trite cliche that 65 is the new middle age, but that's bordering on the delusional. If 65 is the midpoint of my life, then I should expect to live to 130, right? Guess what? That ain't going to happen. The term old is reasonable, and I'm more comfortable with that than middle-aged. However, for me it just seems too general given that it covers ages ranging from 60 to 100. Jimmy Carter turned 99 a few days ago, and I'm just shy of 75. We're both old, but definitely not the same age. My recent discovery was terminology sometimes used by researchers when talking about more granular age categories. The broad category is, of course, old, but then it's segregated into young-old for people 65 to 74, middle-old for 75 to 84, and then old-old for 85 and up. I like the idea that I'm still young-old, at least for a few more weeks, and assuming I make it another decade as middle-old, I'll be delighted to turn old, old at 85. It's a far sight better than the alternative. Richard, how serious is the issue of seniors and falling? Seniors take tumbles every day. In June, it was our president, Joe Biden, falling at the podium while addressing cadets at the Air Force Academy. Last week, it was me at a museum looking at my phone and not where I was walking. Boom! Luckily, all is okay, I think. The point is, if we're seniors, most of us have fallen or nearly fallen. According to the CDC, every second of every day, an older adult that's age 65 or more suffers a fall in the U.S., making falls the leading cause of injury and injury death for this age group. One out of four older adults will fall each year in the United States, making falls a public health concern, particularly among an aging population. Here are a few more extraordinary facts from the CDC about older adults and falling. More than 35 million falls are reported among older adults each year, resulting in more than 32,000 deaths. Each year, about 3 million older adults are treated in emergency departments for a fall injury. And each year, at least 300,000 older people are hospitalized for hip fractures. And more than 95% of those fractures are caused by falling. My dad was one of those. So given these alarming numbers, what can we seniors do to stay on our feet and avoid a health catastrophe, even death? We've invited today's guest, falls expert Emily Neighbors, to help us deal with that. Emily holds a Master's of Science degree in gerontology from the University of Southern California, where she is a program manager specializing in falls prevention. She educates aging specialists, health providers, and housing professionals on what they can do to help seniors not become part of those alarming statistics. To that end, 
Emily conducts research on home modification to support aging in place and has developed a home modification toolkit with resources for seniors and professionals. Welcome, Emily Neighbors. Let me begin with the basic question. How did you, a younger person, get interested in fall prevention for seniors? Well, Richard, I kind of fell into it. (laughs) 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 One of my earliest jobs was working at an art gallery. There were older clientele who I really connected with. And after a few years, I decided to segue from the art world to a career where I was helping older people. I wanted to do work that could improve our quality of life in our later years. So I was able to enter and complete the master's program at the USC Leonard Davis School of Gerontology. While I was there, there was an open position for a research assistant at this place called the Fall Prevention Center of Excellence. It really was the perfect fit for me. Now let me hit you with a basic question about your expertise. Why do seniors fall so much more than the general population? Great question. You know, we all fall at different points in our lives. You know, babies learning to walk, kids playing sports. I actually fell once while walking and looking at my cell phone too. So you're in great company, Richard. Um, But certainly when a kid falls, they can get right back up usually. But the consequences of a fall can be much more severe for an older person. While falls are actually common across all age groups, there are some age-related changes that can increase the risk of falls among older adults. For example, changes with balance, vision, even taking more medications, just to name a few. So what are some of the biggest fall risks for seniors? Statistically, does somebody keep track of this? Yes, there's a lot of research going on. This is its own field. There are different specialty areas within the field as well. Some people look at medical-related risks for falling. Other people look at physical risks that are related to a person's balance, activity level. We at the Fall Prevention Center have a specialty area in looking at the home environment to reduce risks of falls. So those are kind of the three main areas that we look at in fall prevention. Well, let's start with your area of expertise. Tell us about the home environment. What should seniors be looking out for, literally, so that they don't become one of the statistics? Well, um, we recommend that you can use a checklist and go through the different areas of your home to find potential fall hazards and opportunities to increase support so it's easier to do your daily activities. Most checklists can help you find fall hazards and they also include recommendations on how to address any hazards that you find. There are some myths about changes in the home. We call these changes home modifications. Some people think that all of them are institutional looking or all of them are expensive. That's not true actually. There are many ways to increase safety in the home that are pretty easy and inexpensive to do, sometimes even free. 
Some general good ideas for everyone include removing clutter from the floor, removing throw rugs, or if you must keep it, then really securing it to the ground. And there are products like double-sided tape that can help you do that. Making sure that you've got adequate lighting throughout the home, not too bright, you know, you don't want to cause glare, but bright enough so you can see any hazards on the ground, task lighting to help you do your daily activities. Even night lights can be a great way to light the path between your bedroom and your bathroom for safety at night. Yeah, that's a great tip about the the night lights. I hadn't thought about that as being a, a safety measure to prevent falls, but certainly you're getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and, and you're kind of groggy anyway. If you're not seeing where you're going, you could very well trip and fall. Absolutely. Yes. Emily, let me ask you this. You're in falls prevention, but what do you do if you've taken a fall? My first instinct whenever I fall, and it's happened several times the last few years, is to get up as fast as I can. Just get up, get up. I hear myself saying that. Is that right? I think many people would be inclined to try to get up immediately, either out of embarrassment or just shock maybe. But it's actually better to take things slowly. And if you fall, there are kind of three things to try to remember. Prepare, check, rise, and sit. So to prepare, just kind of take a deep breath and relax. Then check. Check to see if you are injured. Rise. See if you can get up. If you feel like you can, you can roll over on your side and then get up on your hands and knees and crawl to the nearest chair or sturdy piece of furniture that you can use to pull yourself up. And then sit. Sit for a few minutes before doing anything else. Gather yourself together. Then, you know, if you need help, call for help. This could be medical help if you need it, or just even comfort. Because having a fall, uh, even if you're not injured, it can be upsetting experience. We also recommend to share this with your doctor if you have fallen because falling once doubles your chances of falling again. So you really want to explore what happened, try to identify what caused the fall, and try to reduce the risk and chance of it happening again. So how does one fall increase the risk of the next fall? That could be related to a number of things. It could be related to potential injury. Falls can be a downward spiral. One injury can lead to disability or the need to do physical therapy to try to get back to the level of functioning that you were at before. Falling can also cause an actual situation called fear of falling, where once a person falls or has a near fall or even has heard about someone else falling, they can develop this fear that causes them to limit their physical activity because they're afraid that they might fall. This is kind of the worst thing you can do because when you limit your physical activity, getting less activity can lead to muscle weakness and really increase your risk of falling again. Falling once can lead to fear of falling, which increases your risk of falling as well. But Emily, how do you 
overcome that fear. I've certainly fallen a couple times. For instance, on a bike, I've fallen. And I have an absolute fear or had a fear of getting on a bike again because of the fear of falling. Are there any strategies for overcoming that fear if you have fallen? Yes. There's actually a program that is delivered in the community called A Matter of Balance. There are a number of programs to reduce the risk of falling, and this one was designed specifically to reduce fear of falling Mm. and increase participants' confidence in their ability to manage their fall risk and know what to do if they were to fall. How do you access it? How do you find that? There are local agencies called Area Agencies on Aging. These are like departments of aging. They help to offer and coordinate services for older people in their community. They are a great place to contact to see if these programs are offered in your community. They might be offered at a senior center or other aging service provider. There is something called the Elder Care Locator. You can call it or you can look it up online and you can find your local area agency on aging through the Elder Care Locator. That's great information. I didn't know there were resources that people could access when it came to the issue of falling. And let's face it, this is a pretty universal thing. If you look at the overall aging population, there's got to be a graph that shows the older you get, the more likely it is you fall, right? Yes. And falls are not a normal part of aging. However, a increasing age can increase the risk age-related changes do as well. Richard launched this show with a confession that he was looking at his phone doing something besides paying attention when he fell. I wonder how many of those Richard falls there are. People looking at their phone you know, and walking down the street or walking down the stairs or whatever. People who are just simply preoccupied or um, not really focusing. Is there evidence that shows that a certain percentage of falls are basically, you know, operator error? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Rushing and distraction are definitely fall risks. So you want to take your time. If you're in an unfamiliar environment, you know, lots of falls happen while people are traveling planning ahead, trying to familiarize yourself with a new place that you might be visiting is really helpful. And just taking your time and being aware of your surroundings are are great rules to go by. The last time I fell, I was literally walking down my stairs at home and I was preoccupied thinking about something. I was not looking at my phone, but I wasn't paying attention. And I assumed, my body assumed that I had hit the last stair, and I hadn't. Right? I, was, I was one stair off. And so that next step was unexpected. You know, that I traveled more distance, and I fell down. And I felt like a complete doofus because it was totally my fault. I wasn't paying attention. It seems to me that even though you're an expert and you've got great advice, maybe the best advice we can give people is pay attention when you're when you're moving your body pay attention to what you're doing i'm not feeble or anything but 
I turn 69 soon, and I know that I need to pay more attention when I'm walking, especially on stairs. Yes. Stairs are definitely a common area where falls occur. A lot of this information might seem pretty straightforward, and of course, we should do these things, but not everyone thinks about it in your day-to-day life. So I think it is helpful for us to be talking about this topic, certainly, to try to keep those things in mind. Emily, I have to ask this question. Seniors love their pets. Many, many seniors have cats, dogs, other animals, but cats and dogs primarily. I have read somewhere that they can be a major fall causer. Can you comment on that? Yes. So when we think about fall risks, some of them are intrinsic or internal to the person, like balance problems and uh, taking multiple medications. Then there are risks that are extrinsic or external to the person. These include trip hazards in the home, and they also include pets. A while back, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention did some research looking at falls that were caused by cats and dogs. I believe this was across all age groups, not just older adults. But it was found that about 86,000 falls a year um, during the period of time they looked at were attributable to pets as well as their toys and food and water bowls. Yeah, our beloved pets, we're certainly not saying to get rid of your pets because they, they're members of our families and there are also health benefits uh, to having a pet. But try to keep safety in mind. Some great strategies include keeping those food and water bowls out of walking pathways, trying to manage to- dog and cat toys. Also trying to Keep safety in mind when you're walking your dog, making sure that the dog doesn't jump up on anyone who might have a balance issue, and also making sure that you have a sturdy hold on the pet's leash, like using both hands to hold it. And even at home, sometimes uh, pets can kind of sneak up on you. They want to be near you. They get under your feet and can cause a, a trip. So having a collar or a bell on a collar can help you hear when a pet is is nearby or getting close to your feet. That's a great idea. Just a little bell on your dog's collar would would be a great idea. As I sit here recording this with you guys, I have a big dog right behind my chair. As soon as we're done, I have to remember, look over there, make sure the dog moves before I roll back and create a a problem for both of us. So a lot of it really is just awareness, isn't it? Absolutely. That's a a huge part of it. Being aware of common fall risk factors, being aware of your own individual fall risk factors, and then learning how you can address them. And I've got one more tip because this is from my own personal life. When my dog sees me go up or down the stairs, he thinks he needs to lead the way. So he will make sure that he gets around me and gets ahead of me. If I'm not aware of that, in the future, I mean, he could bump up against me and and I could tumble down the stairs. So I have to make sure that in that 
specific activity, I'm really aware of what's going on and where the dog is. Because I don't want to be one of those stats that you study. People who fell down the stairs because of their pets. I don't want to be one of those guys. <laughs> so my advice to everybody listening is be a little more aware of where you are and where your pet is before you get up and go and move and walk. Yes. And hold the handrail on the stairs too. Yeah. Hold, hold the railing. That's what it's for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Emily, I want to be and I like to be a very active outdoor person. But this thing about awareness, there's this fine line between awareness and paranoia. How do you encourage seniors to stay active, to go for it, to be outside, to do this, to do that, but also to be aware so that at the same time you're being active and free and doing things outdoors, you're aware of what you're up to. How do you play that? It is a balance. Again, no pun intended. Uh, it's a, <laughs> everything's a balance. Isn't yeah. it? When we're talking about falls. Wow. <laughs> there are programs that are designed to reduce fall risk. Most of them aim to improve your balance, strength, flexibility, and endurance. And I think that that can build confidence as well. It doesn't have to be exercise. I know not everyone maybe a fan of exercise. So it can really be anything that gets you active. So even hobbies like gardening, for example, picking a safe place to walk like a well-lit track at a school or um, an indoor mall, if that suits your fancy. It's important that anytime someone starts a new activity, they make sure that the activity is appropriate for them and their fall risk level. So for example, a really rigorous Tai Chi class might actually be risky for someone who has poor balance. On the other side of the coin, taking a chair yoga class for someone who has a a pretty high activity level might not be enough of a challenge for them to really see a benefit. You can talk with your doctor to make sure that a new activity is appropriate for you that that could give peace of mind as well. Also being aware that, you know, when you're outside, there are are things that you can do to try to stay safe, like watching out for uneven sidewalks, leaves, branches, seeds that may have fallen on the ground on the sidewalk. Research has actually been done looking at outdoor falls. It was found that most outdoor falls happened among active older adults, They were healthier and more physically active than people who fall indoors. So a lot of people think that only frail older adults need to be concerned about falling, but active older adults should be aware of it as well. That brings up a question in my mind about, you know, those personal emergency response buttons and things. There was a TV commercial years ago where the catchphrase from that commercial got to be part of the language, the lexicon. I've fallen and I can't get up as a joke, but it's not funny when it happens. So so should folks, for example, who live at home have one of those emergency response buttons? Tell me more about how that strategy can help in falls. They can be very useful, especially if you live alone. They're called personal emergency response systems or medical alert systems. 
Essentially, they connect you with help if you have a fall. The typical way it works is the person wearing it presses a button on a wearable device. This calls for help. It might call 911 or an emergency contact, or it might call a monitoring center that has trained staff who determine what to do, either contact a local emergency medical service or follow a predetermined plan. It depends on what type of emergency response system you have. There are many options right now. There are pendants that you wear around your neck, bracelets, watches. I'd say the most important thing about these systems, especially the systems with a wearable item, you have to be wearing it to get the benefit. For people who don't want to wear it, you know, it's not going to help them if it's sitting on the counter. It's important to find something that's comfortable for you. Then you need to think about whether you want a system that only provides its service while you're in the home, or whether you'd want technology that you can wear outside and have coverage wherever you go. Some systems have a base unit inside the home that only works within a certain radius, and others are more on the go and and work anywhere you are. If you are interested in having that level of technology, you can just keep a phone in an easy to access place at home in case of a fall. And certainly carrying a cell phone with you, if you have one, is even better. Mm -hmm. And also the National Council on Aging has a really great write-up on the different medical alert systems because there are so many. So I recommend if you are considering looking into one and you're feeling overwhelmed, you could check out their website. Richard, we're running out of time. Would you like to ask Emily one last question? Emily, you mentioned cracked sidewalks. I see them everywhere in the communities I walk in. I'm wondering if there's anything we seniors can do in the community to ensure that those kinds of hazards get reduced or eliminated? Are there any coalitions that work to improve situations for seniors in the environment? Yes. Almost every state has a fall prevention coalition, about 48 states at this point, I believe. There are some local fall prevention coalitions as well. A lot of these groups are led by state or local departments on aging, They aim to identify their state or community's greatest needs related to falls, and then they identify ways to address these needs. So sometimes it's advocating with policymakers, pretty much always raising awareness in the community about the issue of falls, also sometimes providing these fall prevention programs that I've mentioned. Actually, next week is an annual initiative called Falls Prevention Awareness Week. We use that to raise awareness about this issue. Coalitions are um, usually really active during this week to spread the word. Many coalitions have also addressed outdoor uh, risks that could contribute to falls, such as uneven sidewalks. They can conduct a walkability audit or walkability workshop where you identify a place in your neighborhood 
It might be by a school or a senior center, uh, but an area that you would like to examine and identify ways to make it safer for pedestrians. Once you identify the hazards, you can contact whichever city department is in charge of making those types of improvements to try to bring about change. So I've heard of groups getting crosswalk times extended so people don't have to rush across the street, for example, and then certainly fixing uneven sidewalks. AARP has a great toolkit that anyone in their community could gather neighbors. You know, you can make it intergenerational and get students involved to raise awareness about this issue and and try to make improvements in the community for safety. Emily, you have filled our notebooks with great information and activism that we need to undertake to make sure it's a safer environment for all of us. We want to thank you so much for appearing on Camp Codger. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your experiences on seniors and falling. Join us next week at Camp Codger for another episode of Rocking Chair Wisdom. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.